It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. And welcome. This is Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. This week, I had some great conversations with people about who they are and where they're going in life. In a couple of those conversations, I decided to ask a new question, and it's simply this. What is your plan for world domination? Really, this is a different way of asking someone what they believe they are meant to do in life and how they plan on bringing about a positive result, not only for themselves, but for other people as well. I find it interesting to hear the various responses I get, and I'm excited to hear someone who has a really specific answer to that question. So my challenge to you this week is this. Ask yourself what your plan for world domination is going to be. It can be as big as being a world-class expert in a given area or as simple as living in such a way that people remember you well. The choice is yours, and always remember, it is a choice. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Don Green. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Don Green is currently the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Graduated with a BA in accounting and business at East Tennessee State University, Don went on to study advanced phases of banking at the Stonier Graduate School of Banking at Rutgers. With banking as his natural flair, Don elevated himself from the bottom rung of the banking industry to become bank president and CEO, a position he served for nearly 20 years. His meteoric rise in his career was matched by his diverse contributions to his community and the commercial fraternity. His public offices spanned a spectrum that included educational institutions, hospital, charitable causes, community service organizations, and arbitration boards. He was the president of his county's Chamber of Congress and president of the Foundation Board of the University of Virginia's College at Wise, a position in which he still proudly serves. Don is also a board member of the UVA Wise Board of Trustees. His memberships include the Hogue Masonic Lodge, the Kiwanis Club, and the Shriners Movement. Don also collected the Outstanding Citizen of the Year Award in 1996, the Sam Walton Business Leader Award in 1998, the William P. Canto Memorial Education Award in 1999, and the Volunteer of the Year Award for the University of Virginia System in 2000. Don organized and was successful in getting a three-hour credit course, Keys to Success, included in the UVA-wise curriculum based on the success principles of Napoleon Hill. Don taught the course for several years, and it is still a very popular course with students today. We will discuss all of this and so much more on today's show. And with all this in mind, here is my guest, Don Green. Don, are you there? Yes, I am, Brian. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I really appreciate having you here. So the first question that I always ask everybody, Don, is to tell us 
how you got started, what's your background, what did you learn along the way, what did you overcome, and how did you get to where you are today? Well, I guess it uh, goes back uh, goes back a long time because I've been I've been around a while. Uh-huh. My 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 parents grew up during the depression. My dad was an underground coal miner with a seventh grade education. I never uh, we eat good, but uh, I lived in a home without running water, without a bathroom, till I was in high school. Nobody went to college. Uh, they just went to got some education and uh, went to work. And uh, but somewhere along the line, I saw a little bit of difference. Uh, I learned to make money at an early age. Out of this, at beginning is out of necessity. My mother would tell us when we asked for money, uh, she'd say something to fact, your pro daddy has to crawl around that mines. We don't know when he'll get hurt or when he'll get killed because it's a dangerous profession. So uh, she says, you've got to take care of our money. So it was much easier to learn to mow yards, pick up pop bottles. Uh, I picked up a ton of pop bottles before I went to school at a penny apiece and, and to get uh, make 25 cents. It was a big deal. And it was just a neck. I just kept looking for things I could make money at. Uh, and uh, I had a zoo when I was uh, in high school, made lots and lots and lots of money. I was able, while I was still in high school, t- to help my brother buy his first house, older brother mm-hmm. who had left home and was out working. And I just just I just had a knack for it. And, um, and of course, in the beginning, it was all about money. When you don't yeah. have any, it's like oxygen. You know what you watch, what you want, and uh, it just seemed to be natural that I could see things uh, that uh, I could generate money from, and it just kind of, yeah. kind of stuck with me and grew. And so, to go into banking was a no-brainer because wow. that's where all the money was. Yeah, exactly. You, you said something earlier, uh, just a little bit ago, that that really stuck out to me. You said you had a zoo. We all heard you correctly. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that because, I mean, I've read your book, and we'll talk about your book today, of course. Uh, but but share a little bit about that because I find that really fascinating that you had a zoo. Well, the uh, it, was, it started off with, a, with a, we called it a snake pit. Educated people would say reptiles. But uh, my dad and some other men, they had a hobby of catching poison snakes. Of course, they didn't do anything with them. You know, they might keep them in a in a cage, in a box for a while and show them or something or other, but uh, uh, they either killed them or they starved them because poison snakes don't normally eat in the captivity. And uh, we had an old building on the edge of our land. It had been a building. There was nothing left but some blocks. And so we caught some of the snakes, dumped them over in, uh, dumped them over in there and, and made a homemade sign that says, 25 cents, see the snakes. And we charged kids the 10 cents. I knew a guy that drove a, I called it a pop truck, a Royal Crown Cola truck, and uh, they they made advertising signs. It'd be a big old sign that said Royal Crown Cola. Down at the bottom, they had a little strip. You could put your name of your business on it, Joe's Barbershop or whatever what. Oh, I had painted Indian Mountain Reptile Garden, and I nailed them to the trees on each side of the, in the woods. It's a highway come up to our place of business, or I guess you call it business. And uh, it just took off. People would stop to see them. And, you know, I got up I was, on weekend days. I was nothing to make $100, which was a lot, a lot of money. And uh, so uh, I started adding some other animals. I got skunks and bobcats and monkeys. And as I got cash accumulated, I, I bought other animals. And then I started selling souvenirs. And I built a little unpainted board, little building where I could display souvenirs. And I... I found out you could buy stuff for a quarter, sell it for a dollar. If you put a little sticker on it, it said 
Indian Mountain Reptile Garden, which made it a souvenir. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, we got a little got a pot, drink machine, sold drinks, and just uh, you know kept on uh, doing that. It was just a summer business, but yeah. uh, I had it all the way through, uh, all the way through, uh, all the way through high school. And they changed the highway, and as I went off to co- went off to college, but it was a terrific business because then you didn't have no license, and uh, uh, didn't know what income didn't know what income tax was didn't know what sales tax was and uh, just uh, uh, made money and stuck it in a pocket wow that is a phenomenal phenomenal story and, and you you do talk about this in your book in fact uh, i I would like to begin you know talking about your book because I mean there is so much in this I mean we could easily spend far more than an hour, uh, but we have an hour. So let me just ask you, Don, your book is called Everything I Know About Success I Learned From Napoleon Hill. And now, of course, you are the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So tell us what the book really is about and why you decided to write it. Well, of course, we're a nonprofit, and uh, I've done lots of Hill books. I'm looking at one across here on the shelf, uh, Napoleon Hill's Golden Rules. I put together and sold a Wiley about four years ago, got a good advance. And it's in 37 different uh, languages, so it wasn't my first venture, but it's my first venture that I actually put my name on the book, and it's all my writings. Well, I traveled. You know, I've been in Malaysia three times, China three times, uh, Singapore and Hong Kong three times, Germany a couple of times. Been in lots of places, and I would ask, and even here locally when I would speak to the Chamber of Commerce or to Historical Society, people kept telling me, well, you ought to put that, you ought to put that in the book, you ought to put that in the book, and so... I thought, well, you know, in the wintertime, I can uh, don't travel as much. I can uh, do that. It'd be a chance to raise some money. And by the way, all the money, I don't, I mean, I, when I say all the money, I don't mean uh, most of the money. Every penny of it will go to the foundation for scholarships. We endow scholarships at the university, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of prison work. This is for to endow more scholarships here at the university. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, it uh, I just basically... Talked about the principles and talked about stories on how I applied it. Hopefully, to get the thing across is, hey, if I can do it, uh, a whole lot of people, a lot smarter than me, can do it. Uh, because we know there is some principles that separates uh, people from being successful and others not. Right. Exactly. And in fact, that is a perfect segue into my next question because there are a lot of things that will determine whether or not someone does succeed. We've got a couple minutes before our first break. What do you think is really the main reason why some people just don't end up succeeding? They're drifters. They basically don't know what they want. Uh, they never have a, a defining moment, a purpose, of something to have a burning desire to be successful. Just have something in their mind you want to do so bad that you go to sleep with it, you wake up with it, you eat with it, and uh, that's it. And you said something other which was absolutely essential. You said the choices. Uh, we have a little book called Your Greatest Power, P-O-W-E-R, by psychologists. I put it together and, and printed it. We had the rights. It sold, it sold more than a million copies. And, and our, our greatest power, P-O-W-E-R, is the choices we make. You either got up this morning and decided you want to work or you, sit, or you want to sit on a sofa and drink beer all day and watch reruns of a, uh, of a uh, NFL uh, game uh, from last season or ever what. And those choices we make, they become a habit, and the habits make us. Either good or bad, it doesn't matter, but the choices we make define what we end up being. I, I say that we make our choices 
our choices make our habits, then our habits make us, and good or bad. Uh, we, and uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely essential. But yeah. you talked about how plan. You talked about planning. You know, most mm-hmm. people don't have a plan. Better mm-hmm. to have a bad plan than to have no plan. But you have exactly. to take what you want to do and take action Mm-hmm. There you go. And I love what you just said. And we are coming right up against our first break. We are talking with Don Green, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And we are talking about his book, Everything I Know About Success, I Learned from Napoleon Hill. We will be right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest-growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves the smart guy. Smartguy.com. Solove, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solove with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We've started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. And simply making the switch to Solove is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solove with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solove revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you'd like to call in and participate into the discussion and ask Don Green a question about his book, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And Don, I want to ask you something because uh, Napoleon Hill was really fond of saying that thoughts are things. 
So tell us about the relationship between the thoughts we have and the results that manifest themselves in our lives. Well, the thoughts are things that everything originates in our mind, both good and bad. And it's the thoughts that we follow up with and then that we develop a plan for and put into action uh, that uh, defines who we'll be uh, uh, now and down the, and, and, and in, our, in our future. So Hill studied, uh, we, most of the people that follow Hill don't talk about it a lot, but he was a great, he was a great follower of uh, psychology, the study of the mind and so forth. I could go on and on and tell you the, the people he read and he studied that had an influence on him. And it's what, and it's what separates from the other animals. That and it's where all our creativity comes from is our is our thought process uh, that uh, we can take things and uh, and and create um, not necessarily a new thing but we can improve things. For example, the car, uh, you, you know, and make it into maybe one that runs as Elon Musk is doing, uh, you know, run on a run on a battery, run on a different fuel, or um, and so forth. Is take a product and make it, or sometimes create something brand new that never exists. Uh, you know, like the computers, or uh, you know, we have a phone, and some guy makes Martin Cooper makes a cell phone. So mm -hmm. they, that's where the mind comes in. Some guy sitting there thinking, man, if we could just carry that phone around with us, and uh, I never will forget a Mark Warner, who's U.S. senator. Uh, I took him around and introduced him when he was running for governor and senator. We we uh, become friends, and he showed up at a. At a at a book signing, I did at the uh, I did at the uh, one of the local colleges, and uh, he talked about he had uh, he got the phone franchise for state of Virginia for car phones, and uh, I think it, I don't think he heard me telling it. I think it's in some of the stuff he sold out. He started out with ten thousand dollars borrowed money and ended up with one hundred and seventy five million. But uh, he went to his uh, uncle to borrow the money, and I'll use his exact words was he said Mark. People don't want to drive around in their damn car talking on a damn telephone. He mm -hmm. said, Dad, he's foolish, and I'm not going to let you have the money. So Mark had to end up going to a bank and getting a friend to co-sign his note so he could get the original $10,000 to get the, basically the franchise for cell phones for northern, northern Virginia area, which is a hub of the hub of the state. But that's what it grew into because he saw that. He, you know, he saw that thing through his mind. His thought process told him that a people would like to have access to a phone when they're out traveling or what have you. And how long did it take the the phone booth to disappear? You know, if you see one today, it's an antique because right. somebody thought that we can do this thing better than what we're doing, make it cheaper, make it more convenient, and so forth. And, uh, and that's where our thought process is so important. Some people look at something other and can see something other uh, uh, better. Uh, and, uh, and that's what... Uh, uh, makes us look forward to the next day. That there's always something out there to challenge us uh, to uh, to make a situation better. Yeah, that is a really, really great story. And and really, the most successful people have a vision for how to change the world. And we could go on and on and on. I mean, even Gene Roddenberry when he created Star Trek. I mean, he had this whole vision of what the future might look like. Uh, you know, three or four centuries down the road. And I think some of that is definitely going to come to pass. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea of you know the invention of the cell phone—that's that's a really wonderful story. So, and I'm sure that he probably didn't uh, succeed the very first time that he tried, just like Thomas Edison didn't succeed the very first time he tried to uh, create the light bulb. So it seems pretty clear, Don, that uh, failing your way to success is a really important part of this whole equation. Would would you think that's about right? Oh, absolutely right. And it starts with yourself. If you're not sold on yourself, how are you going to sell yourself to others? 
uh, you know, I've had to we covered dress and so forth in uh, in, uh, in in class. And I remember one little girl said, "If you know what you're doing, it shouldn't matter what you dress." I said, "Oh, that's you're wrong." I said, "We dress for the other person." I said, "If you show up at a restaurant and there's a bunch of us are waiting, the people that's dressed with a proper dress to go out for an evening, they're more likely to get picked." I said, uh, "They've done studies in California that showed even the teachers treated." Uh, uh, first grade students better that were dressed better and, and one of the college girls said well that's not fair I said it's another lesson we don't deal with what we think is fair we deal with reality we get mm. treated better when we're dressed up proper I said that's just the way life that's the way life is I said imagine yourself getting on an elevator and they some people are their pants are dragging the ground and they look like they've uh, been been in a battle or something or other and if you're a woman you probably clutch your purse but if you get on the same elevator with a good, nice dressed person, no matter what their race or whatever he is, but they're dressed proper, you feel a little more at ease, like that you're okay. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 things, are, things are important, uh, yeah. uh, very much so. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, I mean, a lot of times people don't enjoy the whole idea of failing, but sometimes we just really don't know how close we are to our big breakthrough. We sometimes tend to give up too soon. Oh, that's true. I mean, you know, we, we, you've heard the saying all your life is it's always darkest right before the dawn, uh, you know, right before daylight. But, uh, but uh, Steve Jobs, I read his biography, uh, and his, his was probably the 1,000 and, and so many numbers that I've read, but I read Steve Jobs' biography. And if you read it or even if you've seen, if you've seen a movie, you get it out of it. He said of all the qualities he had in his life, the one he considered most important was perseverance. That's simple, mm-hmm. and that's which is what our book Stickability is about. It's meaning if you have a good idea, uh, you stick with it. You know, you stick with it because uh, we don't know how close we are. And and most people, he'll used to say in some of his talks, he'd ask the audience, how many times do you think on the average, the average person tries something before they quit? And they would holler one, two, three. He said, no, I asked you for average. He said, the average is less than one because a lot of people never start. They may have a thought or an idea, but they don't do anything with it. So when mm. you factor them in there, uh, almost nobody sticks with anything. And mm. I think that's what separates us, uh, that have an idea. And if we can't do it, he says the main thing is have a plan. It doesn't have to be a good plan. It may not work, but it gets you started, and you see where the plan is wrong or needs yeah. to be changed. Or you need yeah. a mentor, or you need to get a help, or you need to get up more information. But just because it didn't come out real easy, that doesn't mean that you quit and say, well, you know, I shouldn't have tried that, I should have known better. No, yeah. the people that stick with something, in other when they once have a good idea and follow it through, uh, they're the ones, uh, at, they, they're the ones that, that are successful. That's awesome. I, I really like that because, boy, you, perseverance really is so, so critical. And I think it's a lot easier to persevere and not give up when you know exactly where you're going. And in your book and in, in, in Think and Grow Rich, of course, uh, there's a huge discussion about having a major definite purpose. It seems that everyone who excels in anything knows exactly where they are going. Can you tell us a little bit about what that really means to have a major definite purpose in life? Well, well you, you know, I think old Yogi Berra understood it, you know. He said it doesn't matter which road you take if you don't know which way you're going, kind of like from the uh, cartoon character. Uh, and so many people don't. I mean, they're, he'll call them drifters. Uh, you know, they just get up for morning and, take, and accept every what's in front of them, you know, without trying to make any changes on it. 
uh, you know, I remember one of my mentors was Jim Rowan. I listened to all of his safe read his books. He said at an early age 20, he was broke, rent behind his rent behind his bills, and he got a job. And his Mr. Shaw asked him about his situation and so forth, and he's telling him, oh, "I don't have no money. I'm behind the rent and so forth and so on." And and uh, Jim told him, said, "Well, ever what you've been doing, don't do that no more. Hmm. You know, simply meaning get you something other that you have a passion about and stick and stick stick with it until you can change things uh, because um, uh, the changes." Uh, you know, we say change our attitude and we change our lives, and uh, and it's necessary. Our, our good friend Zig Ziglar, who I did some fundraising with before, uh, and uh, was just a great, great, uh, great guy. I was with him a few times, and and he said, "You just keep doing the same same thing over and over again, but keep hoping for a different result." He said, "That's the definition of insanity." Right. And exactly. so many people do. They lead the same. They lead the same life Monday through Friday, and start back over Monday, hating their job. And then on Friday, they, they got the week. They look forward to the weekend rather than looking forward to Monday. Every day yeah. should be a. Every day should you look look forward to. And it's not original with me, but I've heard it said plenty of times. If you want to be successful, every day that you go and do something to other, if you're enjoying what you're doing, it's not work. I absolutely loved every job I've ever done. Don't don't get me wrong. There was some bad days in banking mm-hmm. business, bank examiners, lawsuits, and other things that you have to deal with. But I still loved everything, and I saw it as an opportunity, uh, simply as an opportunity, because when something confronts you that's a problem to someone, it's also an opportunity to someone that takes advantage of it. So when the thing is solved... You're a better person than you was if you just quit. You can't quit yeah. every time something gets in front of you. You know, yeah. you know, you can look at it as a challenge, or you can look at it as a reason to quit and try something else, and tell yourself, well, you know, the spouse or the parents or somebody said it wouldn't work. I should never have tried it. Uh, you know, and uh, and go through all all through life. Yeah, but I had absolutely. a mentor told me one time a long time ago. He said, "Was well, he hard in banking business? Was a young person?" He said. If you do a little bit extra one day, it probably won't matter. You do the same thing for a week, it might not matter. But he said if you do them things over a lifetime, said you can be the success that most of the world is only going to dream about. Wow. So really it's uh, what, what Darren Hardy calls the compound effect. You do something a little extra every single day for a long period of time, you are eventually going to experience phenomenal results that maybe you had even thought could possibly happen. I I love that. We are under a minute to our next break, and uh, we've been talking with Don Green about uh, his book, which is called Everything I Know About Success I Learned from Napoleon Hill. We talked about how thoughts are things, and there's definitely a, a, a relationship between the thoughts that we have and the results that we see in our lives. And we also talked about how important it is to be sold on yourself or else no one else will be. Perseverance is exactly uh, a, a huge, huge quality. Uh, the people who succeed do not quit. They do not fail or they do not uh, give up. Uh, before failing, and they know exactly where they're going. So we will be right back after this break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. (music) 
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. Contact High? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Don Green, and he is the author of the book, Everything I Know About Success I Learned from Napoleon Hill. He is the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So, Don, what I'd like to ask you next is, you know, times have been tough these last few years, and a lot of us have felt beaten up by the world. And so I'd like to ask, what do you recommend that we do personally to turn things around? I mean, mindset seems to be a really great place to start. Does that sound like a fair statement? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always there's a poem we published in a book once. I can't say it, but it's a 14th century monk published this point, and he said uh, he uh, he said he he wanted to change the world. He couldn't. He wanted to change his country, and he couldn't. He wanted to change his community, he couldn't. He wanted to change his family, he couldn't. And but he said he discovered if he changed himself, he could in, in turn have influence, positive influence on his family, who could intend. And in turn, have positive influence on his community, who could the nation, and the nation could the world. So it starts with us individually from the inside. Uh, you, you know, if you get 20 people in a room and you tell them, you know, I can give Think and Grow Rich out to 20 people, and probably uh, a few of them wouldn't even pick it up. Probably three or four percent of them would read it 
and make underlines and, and make notes and say, and, you know, not just read a book, you know. You read a book and, and novel or you find out the girl got the boy or the boy got the girl or the uncle died and left the money or uh, he made a medical doctor or went off and become a missionary. You want to read the end see what the ending is. In these books, if we take notes and we learn what's in them, we can plan our own life. We can write our own life story. We don't have to read somebody's uh, happy ending in somebody's book. We can make our own happy ending by planning our life. You know, I always thought it was odd. I know you've seen it before, that people go on vacation. They know more and get back, and they start saying, where are we going next year? Well, let's go to the beach. No, we went to the beach last year. Why don't we go up in the mountains? We weren't one of those log cabins, and they start discussing it. But they don't sit down and plan their life. They plan vacations, but they don't plan their life, most people. Mm, right. And, uh, and uh, things don't just happen. It takes thoughts. It takes planning. It takes action. And it takes perseverance. Sure does. But but we all got to start with ourselves. Absolutely. That's that's really, really great. And, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, reading and, and giving yourself some positive input. You can get positive input from other people, too. And I'd like to ask you because uh, mentoring and masterminding is such a huge theme in Napoleon Hill's work. And, of course, you address this in your book as well. How do you think masterminding has been uh, influential uh, and impactful on, on your life personally, Don? Well, you, you know, I was just I was just fortunate to uh, to be around uh, around uh, uh, people and know what the principle was, and 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 when I was in, and especially when I was in banking, to get involved with uh, people. Uh, for example, I developed cable TV. I developed dry cleaner business, spring water, land development for people like Wal uh, for Walmart and so forth. And and uh, one of the guys in particular. He'd been a builder, and uh, he'd construct a lot of homes and businesses and ran businesses. And I don't have a knack for uh, uh, for that part of building and so forth and so on. And uh, uh, But to sit down, or even if it was during a golf game, the three of us would, would talk about things. And uh, and I can remember telling them, said, you know, I've, I've been reading all this about water. Uh, water, you know, it seems like a, people are willing to pay for water, which some people thought was crazy. Uh, and I had a guy tell me, you think people are going to buy a bottle of water? I said, yeah, I think people are going to buy a bottle of water. I really do. I said, it's starting in places. I think people will buy water. Yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, I found out there were 90-some acres of land down in in the uh, lower part of the, the state, uh, close to Kentucky line in the mountains uh, for, for sale. And it had a it had spring water coming right out of the rocks. And so I ordered a manual about spring water and got all the information. I kept reading, 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 reading. And this old couple had the land. They had no children. So we bought it from them, and we started developing it. And uh, we never actually bottled the water. We was approached by someone else that made us a tremendous offer just to use the water. And uh, we did that, and uh, we we took a large payment and then a lease over a, a long period of time, but uh, for them to use the water, and we didn't have to build a bottling plant or what have you. So it uh, it turned out uh, it turned out real real well because we was way ahead of uh, what most people out there are doing. But now you know it's uh, it's just a tremendous area, and everybody in the world is bottling water from Pepsi to Coca-Cola and Nestle's and who have you are selling yeah. bottled water. Yeah. 
Well, it sounds like uh, the implementation of an idea was really uh, impactful for you, and, and that worked out really, really well. That's really great. So let me ask you about establishing meaningful goals, and how would you define a meaningful goal, and how do you effectively set one? Because there's a lot of talk out there about setting goals and taking action, and all of that is really good, but how do you make it meaningful? Well, to me, it's for many, many years, I took a... Uh, I took a legal pad or a long sheet of paper, and I'd do it in the month of December, sometime up in a month, and I actually let my mind uh, uh, think about what I would like to what I would like to accomplish, and uh, and compose a long list of, of things I'd like to do next year, and 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 then five years and years out, and uh, and then I would study them, and I'd say, no, that's not that's not really important. I might cross some of them out and add some uh, to it, and, and so forth. And uh, then I would condense them down to uh, 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 index cards, uh, you know, the uh, three to five mm-hmm. or what they're called, index cards. And I would write those goals down. They would usually be, uh, uh, they would be uh, some uh, larger ones, but I'd usually write down ten or so. And I and I wore a suit for 38 years. I would put it in inside of my suit. And if I was talking to the phone on you or I was listening, I would get that thing out every day sometimes several times a day, and I would look at it, and, you know, it may be up uh, uh, June or August or sometime, and I'm thinking, gosh, that's yours three of them. I've not done nothing on. You know, I'm not I'm not nowhere near where I want to be just to refresh myself and knowing that i got to do something to move it forward. And yeah. some of them I didn't get done during that year or they carried over. Like one of them was to put up a historical marker on our hill many years ago, and I put that up, and I didn't realize I wrote the historical side in and what have you, and they said, oh, we don't normally do that, and mm-hmm. uh, they have to be dead 50 years and so forth and so on. And uh, and uh, so I started writing to politicians, and then my friends were in politics. I got in touch with them, and then they, one of them put me in touch with the uh, people involved in the historical side of the state of Virginia, and I give me a list of them, and I called them. And I, about the third one I called, the man was up in mid part of the state, and he said, "You want to put up a historical marker of Napoleon Hill?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "That's all I need to know." He said, "Man, I read them guy, guys' books, and it means the most in the world to me." He said, mm-hmm. "You tell me what you want to do, and I'll see that it gets done." So you know, I didn't get it done in a year. It was on the second year of when I wanted to get it done. But it doesn't mean I failed. It simply no. meant it took longer than what I thought it would. So yeah. you know, you just have things in front of you. You know, I, you know, it's what do you want to do? You know, you want to get a course started at University of Virginia? Yeah, and you go talk to somebody who said you're crazy. Do you know how difficult it would be to convince a board at the university to start off with a new course? And you've never taught? I said, yeah, I taught. I taught accounting. That's not the same thing. You taught at a community college. I said, well, I think somebody in that thing will listen to me. I'd like to talk to them. And, and you know, you know, and I put the lessons together. I put the syllables together. And I met with the guys at the business department. Here's what I want to do. And they talked about it and talked about it. And they got back and said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll offer the course. Uh, I said, who are you going to get to teach it? They said, you. You're the one knows it's so good. Who else will you ask? I said, right. well, I never figured on that, but that's part of the conditions to do it. It has to be of a night class because i got a full-time job in the bank. But I end up teaching it 12 times until I get somebody else qualified to teach it. And so it's been taught, I don't know, 20, 25 years, I guess. And it's a very mm-hmm. popular class. But it was something I had a passion about. 
because I thought I could influence some other young people. No one ever influenced everybody, but for those I did, uh, you know, I think are I think they're much better off, and I still hear from a lot of them today that took their class, even took my first class. The stories in my first class is unbelievable. One guy sold his business for $45 million. I mean, they was, and it wasn't all of them about money. One of the guys, I just got a text from him this morning. He's in Africa doing some work for the government, and he was in my first class. Another lady I saw at a funeral and, uh, sometime back, she got a hold of me while I was in the waiting line reception. She said, i got to talk to you. And mm-hmm. she said, you remember I was in your first class? And I said, yeah. And she talked about uh, what, uh, that uh, on her paper, she had said she wanted, her goal was to be an attorney. And I wrote down at the bottom of it, don't tell me, I go do it. And uh, and she's an, she's a she's a, a legal representative as an attorney for one of the major companies in the southeastern United States today. And, and the last time I saw her, she's driving one of those $150,000 Mercedes. And it's not all just about the material things, but she knew what she wanted, and, and, uh, and, and she went and did it. That's great. We've got a couple minutes to our final break, so let me ask you about the importance of habits, because all great champions have winning habits. How do you establish and maintain winning habits, Don? Well, I think, you, I think Brian, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to have something that you care about. You know, I mean, uh, to me, as a, I got a, I got a passion for living. You know, I'll be 73 years old my birthday, and quick as you and I get done, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to put on me some shorts and some tennis shoes, and I'm going to go out and walk the neighborhood until I've walked four miles. I've got a path laid off. It's four miles. And I do it if I come in at 9 o'clock of a night, or if I come in every time I come in. And if it's bad outside, I, I wore out another treadmill uh, when it's mm. too cold outside or, or snows yeah. on the ground or what have you. Uh, so it's just, I mean, you know, it's how bad do you want it? Uh, you know, and we establish those habits. At first, it might be like eating right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't eat junk. I don't eat right. sweets. I don't eat junk. But once you do it for a period of time, it just becomes natural. Uh, you know, yeah. it just becomes natural. Uh, how did you learn your ABCs? Repeat them over and over. You learn your multiplication yep. tables over and over. Someone asked me, why do you need to read more than one good success book? I said, well, maybe you're smarter than I am. I won't even tell you how many times I've read uh, Hill's books because I learned my ABCs and I learned my multiplication tables by repeating things till they become a part of my subconscious. Yep. And if mm-hmm. somebody says, Brian, what's nine times nine? You don't have to sit there 10 minutes and think, well, come up, well, it's yep. 81. No, the there answer, even though you've not been asked in years, it's in your subconscious. And that's the reason we, that's how we learn by repeating that, things to our subconscious. And we are up against our final break. We will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? 
then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is our last segment. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Don Green, who is the Executive Director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and his book is called Everything I Know About Success, I Learned from Napoleon Hill. And Don, while I'm thinking about it, tell us where we can get this book. I'll ask you again before the show's over, but let's just bring that out right now. How can we find your book? Uh, well, the first place it went up was on Amazon. It's also a, uh, its own Kindle it's a new, and, and its own Nook. And it's in Barnes and Nobles, and it's in um, it's in uh, Books a Million. Uh, I've done some book signings at Books a Million, um, and it will be an audio. I'm told in uh, a few weeks it'll be out as an audio product, audio book also, and uh, hopefully it'll end up. It's in nine foreign languages, uh, mm-hmm. and it'll end up being uh, I would think at least thirty or forty of them within the next year or two. Uh, that so, is great. Uh, that's really and great. Well, thank you. Yeah. Your support, and if anybody gets in touch with me, I'll I'll, I'll autograph one, send one to them. I've have done thousands of them out of the office. I mean, I've had people buy two hundred. I've had people two different ones buy fifteen. I had one guy buy come up from Florida, and he had twenty with me. He brought them come up, drove from Florida, which is about an eight or eight hour drive for me to sign them. So uh, wow. uh, you 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 know it. Uh, uh, everybody. Of what it takes because I have a passion for what I'm doing. That's great. So let me ask you a question. I want to ask about identifying an opportunity. Two people can see the exact same situation. One sees it as an opportunity while the other sees it as an obstacle. How do we train ourselves to see the difference? Well, uh, Hill wrote about Gates. Uh, the, the inventor would said he had a quiet time that he, I think a lot of it can come from uh, books. Uh, uh, you know, you read what other people's uh, you read what other people's done. I told a little story about how we got uh, Eskimo pie ice cream. Uh, the guy took a little boy didn't know the difference between a, a, Hershey, a candy bar, of chocolate, and ice cream. He couldn't make up his mind, and the the idea came to him. Well, if I can put the chocolate on the ice cream, I can sell them as one product. And the guy made millions and millions of dollars out of that one idea. But I think it's uh, I told the example once. A guy I had a a lot. It was a piece of a real estate that was at an intersection, and uh, and uh, the uh, attorneys that own it had a dissolution because one of them got in trouble and lost his law license. And uh, and I just picked up the phone and called him. I said I was interested in buying it. And it's at an intersection. It's grown up, just weeds, uh, just trash. And uh, he priced it, and I talked to him a little bit and got him down some, and I bought it. And uh, the uh, hundred and fifty some thousand dollar uh, 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 purchase price ended up being God's final final bid sold to part of it off and sold to Walmart. Uh, the the last part sold for two million bucks, 
But I saw, I, I didn't see a Walmart there, but as an entrance to a Walmart, because the acreage we had, but uh, I did see it as a as a fancy restaurant or a Walgreen, and I actually made some contacts initially, and I thought, golly, I already had this idea about a dry cleaning business because I did not like our dry cleaners in the area. You could smell the clothes. They were outdated. So I got a wrote an INC magazine about establishing a dry cleaning business, and uh, and I needed it, but like I needed a hole in the head. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, it seems that they were having modern dry cleaning plants had uh, drive-ins so women didn't have to get out with their kids, you know, leave them in a car seat or what have you. Also, they could people come in and, and back and forth to work. They could just drive through the drive-in and get your get your get your clothes or drop them off. And uh, it was several ideas. And I thought, golly, that'd be a good place for a dry cleaners. I told one of the yeah. other guys, and he said, "I'm you building her, get the equipment." So we didn't know nothing about it, and we got one and a hard one experienced person. And the company bought the equipment from the new equipment. They come in and trained their people. And yeah. golly, it, it cash flowed in the first year. I mean, it was wow. just—it was absolutely great, and we ran it for, uh, gosh, I guess it was on about the eighth or ninth year. And the guy come by and says, "He's in Walmart, like for, like to buy our spot there. They have an option on the land behind us to put in a Walmart, and of course we just the intersection." And I said, yeah. "Well, I hadn't thought too much about it, but I said, uh, what we got right here is a, is a couple million dollars." He said, "Oh, we wouldn't think about paying that kind of money." I said, "Well, I didn't ask you to stop." I said, I got a business on here, and I'll show you the books. I got to relocate the business, and I said, uh, uh, that uh, that's what I want for it. And I said, I said, don't want to sell it for nothing less. And about two weeks, he come back and had a check made out for twenty some thousand dollars to give him an option to hold it until they could get the deed working all checked out. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, I saw it as something else rather than weed patch. And uh, I guess just, just. Being alert and and uh, and, uh, and letting your imagination say what yeah. I mean, you know, to me is that it wasn't that wasn't that hard. It was at a red light at an intersection. It was on the most highly uh, traveled uh, street. Everybody going to the courthouse, the lawyers in the county, and everything. They had to go right by there, and here all these lawyers wear suits and all in court and all. And it wasn't a good one around the area. And I know lawyers are people who was taken to another town, which is more an hour away, to get their clothes done what they thought was proper. And I was yeah. like, gosh, I can do that. And it mm-hmm. wasn't. A, it just. It just seemed to me the uh, easy thing to do, and it was. Yeah, that's I never. Great. I never learned how to do the work, but I knew how to uh, get the people to put the building up and get the equipment bought and get it installed and and mm-hmm. uh, stop and check on them and try to inspire them and lay out some marketing for them. And we never run ads. Mm. We never ran ads. I give everybody a bag that stopped our. And, the, and put a tag on it. They put your name on it. You could put Brian Wright wants shirts folded, no starch or lightly starch or heavily starched, and so you know you're just going to get the same thing over and over without telling the people there to pick your stuff up how you want yeah. it fixed. And it yeah. was just that nobody else nobody else was doing. They should have yeah. been, but they weren't exactly. Yeah. Let me ask you uh, something else. One of the chapters in your book toward the end is about the idea of leaving a legacy. Everyone wants to remember it after their life is over with. How do we go about doing this in a meaningful way? Well, you you know, I think life is we learn, we earn, and then we share. Uh, I'm going to do a book on personal finance, and I'll share you a little bit with it. But Eisenhower once said was, he said, if all you want from life is food, clothing, and shelter, they give all three of those to you in prison. To me, life's a little more about that. And we don't 
get a legacy until we're able to give back. And we should be doing that the whole time. But, you know, we need to be successful. One is to provide those three basic things. And the second one is provide for the future because I call it a rainy day. O'Brien and Don may not be able to work there up in their 90s and they need something or another. And the third one is to have a, have a uh, I call it leading a good life. If you come home one day and your spouse uh, says to you, hey, let's go out and eat that new restaurant, and you have to look at them and say, hey, you kidding? I've not been paid yet. Mm-hmm. So if you want to travel and whatever, you, and, and I, what I call lead a good life, that's a reason uh, to be successful. But the fourth one is, which is one where you create your legacy, is you're in a position to give back. Now, if, if you're on choosing, some people might choose to help their college, some may be their grandkids, some may be the communities, <clears throat> some may be a nonprofit like St. Jude for Medical Research. But in the end, your legacy is created by not what you got out of life, but what you gave back. And there's a whole lot of difference. You know, they're not going to care how many cars I got or how many houses or how much money I got in the bank, but somebody's going to look and say, God, can you imagine how many scholarships that guy provided or how many books that gives the kids or how many how many kids he mentored to? I mean, I still come up and, and a guy, I, I was in, a, I went through a supermarket to pick up some fruits, and a guy, he, pro, he said, hey, Mr. Green, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah. He said, you know, you remember finance my ass? I said, yeah, I sure do. He said, you know, I scared to death when you went there. I told my wife, we're just wasting our time. They're not going to loan us money to buy that house. We don't have enough down and so forth and all. And uh, he said, I never will get over thinking. I said, man, you paid the loan back. That's all I asked for. I said, I just thought you had a decent job and that you was a type of person to appreciate it. And maybe I bent rules a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I said, uh, I, I had faith in you, and you didn't let me down. So, uh you know, it'll be for what we've done for others. It won't be for what we've done for ourselves. Exactly. I love that. Boy, giving back is so important. That theme has come up a lot in this show. But I love how you specifically share first you learn, then you earn, and then you share by giving back. That is really great. Let me ask you about uh, a project that you were heavily involved in. Uh, and Greg Reed, who's going to be back on our show again uh, in a couple of weeks, was very. Uh, he wrote a new book called "Think and Grow Rich: Stickability," and I know that you were a huge part of this project. Talk about that for a minute or two. Well, I've talked to Greg. I'm going to go out there at the launching thing, and here's what I'm going to talk about. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue on the thing. Is now people ask me why another book. Well, let me tell you why. When Hill wrote "Think and Grow Rich" in 1937, he wrote about people that he knew. Today, we tell the same principles. We've not changed the principles, but we're telling stories of people today that people can relate to. One of my business partners taught Sunday school in a Methodist church, and he said one of the boys came in, they're wearing baseball caps in church, and of course, we, we weren't taught that growing up, so he wanted to give them a little lesson and saying, now, boys, when you go into a building, you should remove your hat. It's just good manners. And said he said, I've been around Burr Bryant, and Burr Bryant wore a wool herringbone hat. Mm-hmm. But he would always remove that hat when he went in the building. And one of the kids said, who's Burr Bryant? Well, see, us older guys grew up and know he was winning this college football player time in the history of the University of Alabama, and we knew who he was. So today, if we was going to tell something that using sports figures, we'd use somebody current. And so mm-hmm. that's what we're doing in stickability. We're not trying to say now this... This is 2013. You've got to do this to be successful. 
we're just we're just using stickability to show princ- the principles and show it with new examples of people that applied stickability and become successful. People like the co-founder of Apple and the people that God founded the cell phone and so forth. So it's yes. it's uh, old principles put in a new way because I'm one of those people who believe that we learn through stories. You know, I, I think we learn through stories. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I learned, uh, I could teach marketing by telling people that people visit my snake pit. If I saw them there a few times, I would say, I'd see them and I'd recognize them. I said, hey, I appreciate you bringing these people here. Okay. I said, I appreciate you bringing people to visit me. But I said, mm-hmm. you've been here several times. You don't have to pay. Just just stop in here to souvenir stand and tell me yep. you brought me some visitors. And I said, you mm-hmm. let them go. You can show them around for me, do me a favor. And then they're going to come out and buy souvenirs because I know they're relatives that's in on vacation or yeah. and they're your friends. And they're going to buy souvenirs, and I'm going to make more money off of that. And I yeah. said, you've done me a favor. And I said, I appreciate it very much. And, of course, when I get in college, I find out that's marketing. Nobody taught yes. me that. But it just seemed to be the thing to do. Yes. So uh, right as we are coming toward the end of the show, once again, how can we get your book done? Well, it's in. It's on Amazon. I love Amazon. I talked to them right before we came on. I, I love Amazon. I love what they've done. Of course, it's so simple. You get the book in two or three days. But anyway, if they drive here, I'll sign them one. If they, if they get a hold of me, they can buy one over the credit card machine or buy 10 or buy 50, and I'll sign them and send them out. Or they can go in Books of Me, or they can go into, uh, or they can go into uh, Barnes & Nobles, or I said, or it's on, uh, it's on the other major book things on the Internet. Uh, okay. Amazon's the one I'm more familiar with, but these other ones on there okay. sell, by, sell the Sounds books. Sounds great. And, uh, We've got just a few seconds before the end. I want to ask the last question, and we've got less than 30 seconds. Who inspires and motivates you, Don? Who? Would you repeat that? Who inspires and motivates you? Who inspired? Who inspires you? Uh, my, my, and initially, my parents did through necessity. My parents mm-hmm. did. Uh, they were uh, good role models uneducated in the sense of going to school, seventh grade education, but they were products of the Depression. Okay. My mother told me a million times, hard work never kill nobody. And, okay. uh, and my dad. We are at the end of the show. I am so sorry, Don. I do thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And we will be back next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can find my Facebook fan page, Success Profiles Radio. You can find me on LinkedIn, Brian K. Wright. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for joining us, and you'll come back next week, I hope, 6 p.m. Eastern. Here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week.